Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your week ahead with Mama Dada Astrology live right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. What happened at the New Orleans? <laughs> Bitch, I'm back. I'm popular the man. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole like a Texas Bama. My bag, swag. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, I. Oh, oh yes, I like that. Okay, okay, peace. Welcome to your week ahead. We're live in full effect right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network, and we are ready. Sorry for the longer than usual musical introduction. Y'all know I like to check the sound, and I still haven't been able to check it, but I'm going to assume I can be heard so we don't have to delay any longer. Let's jump right in. Can't go too far without honoring, revering, and respecting, and remembering and acknowledging our divine righteous ancestors, Ashe. Thank you for them, for without whom we would not be here. And our fearless, wonderful, amazing, <laughs> my astrology coach leader, Brother Ampu, just for especially the spiritual leadership because it's these jewels and nuggets that between him and Minister Jude that, that get dropped collectively. They're the priesthood or known as the priesthood. Um, that just so simple, yet so profoundly amazing, transformative. Uh, the DAPA workshop was just in Chicago here over the weekend, and so um, I've already I've seen online some of the powerful testimonials of people live in the flesh, you know, there to represent the power um, of you know spiritual truth and wisdom. Um, a lot of the times it is overlooked by people because it's not so um, easily understood and perceived by the five senses. You kind of have to tap into some extrasensory perception to know and perceive that life is beyond what you can see, smell, hear, touch, and taste. So with that being said, we're we're going deep today. We're talking about the intense, come on now, Scorpio full moon. Scorpio embodies intensity. It embodies transformation. It embodies, you know, powerful uh, psychological level type of change. And it's a full moon too. 
So that just means, you know, to the level that we're choosing to manifest, especially since this Aries new moon we just had on the 7th. I don't know about y'all, but if you set some new moon and Aries intentions up for your year ahead, listen to last week's show. We We were... Uh, setting intentions so we can master our destiny for the year ahead here at Mama Dada Astrology, okay? The year ahead on the on the long term, mid-range, the next six months when we have the Aries full moon, okay? We just have the Aries new moon. And then on the very short term here in two weeks at the Scorpio full moon that we're going to get into today in the week ahead. Here on the twenty second of April, so buckle up. It's it's going to be it's powerful. It's intense. It is transformative. Come on, it's deep, um, and and there's a healing element to it as well. So you know sometimes you got to go deep to cut out and gut out what needs to be transformed. It it it, it may not be the smoothest process. The 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 least painful process to transform from a daggum caterpillar to a butterfly. It might be a little uncomfortable, but I promise you when you get your beautiful butterfly wings, you're going to say it was worth it, okay? So we're digging into that today. For whatever reason, my sound still hasn't come up. I really hope y'all can hear me out there. I'm going to keep going. All right, so... Y'all know I'd be liking to kind of start the show talking about what's going on right now because obviously you'll be able to click in the episode information. You'll see the link there where it says, uh, I'm scrolling down now, uh, to listen to last week's broadcast. There's just a one-click access, and you'll be linked right to it. You may want to go ahead and check that out, especially if you can't, Say for yourself in this moment that you have been maxing out, living life to the fullest. I told y'all last week, yesterday, well, let me let me start it out slow. Let me start it out slow. Okay. Yesterday, the moon went into cancer. Of course, we discussed that last week. You can get the exact time and everything. Actually, I'll just refresh your memory. It, uh, 3.06 a.m. Central Standard Time on yesterday, Tuesday, April the 12th, the moon entered cancer, right? And so under this Cancer Moon influence, Cancer rules the fourth house. The moon rules Cancer. So the moon is at home when the moon is traveling through Cancer because the moon rules that sign already. And it also has resonance with the fourth house, okay? Moon. Cancer, fourth house, same energy, same frequency, right? And so when the moon is here, it's already comfortable because it's at home in its own sign. But then it's really comfortable because it rules this fourth house, this area of the circular chart or circular astrological wheel that represents, it's at the very bottom of the chart, right? It's not at the top. It's not on the left side of the wheel. It's not on the right side. It's at the very bottom. So that rules are most private. If the top in the 10th house is rules the most public part of the chart that everybody can see, that fourth house cancer moon ruled area on the bottom is that is think of the think of the bottom of your gut, the inside of you, deep down on the inside of you, where your instincts lie. Okay, 
where your gut instincts lie, for peace and quiet, where you're at your most comfortable, where you feel at home, where you retreat to, okay? And so this is where it, it cancer is a water sign, so it's, it represents uh, emotions, okay? It's very emotional, an emotional sign. And so it's where we're most comfortably emotionally. There's an element of security that is um, found here in cancer. And it's so ironic, it's so interesting, because cancer is not associated with money. So you're thinking, okay, well, where is the security and the comfort coming from? You know, it's not second house Taurus kind of security, and it's not eighth house Scorpio type of security where you're linking up money with other people. How is cancer associated with security? Well, I promise you this, if you ever have been or, or you know, were in a situation where um, even even as simple as a bad dream, okay, that you wake up from and you have to just sit there still and quiet, peaceful, comfortable at home with yourself long enough to know, oh, I was dreaming. There's actually nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing actually chasing me. I'm actually not falling off of a building. So the security is more felt on an insular insular level, okay? It's more felt uh, at, at home where you are privately with your emotions and feelings. That That's a self kind of motivated security that we all have access to, okay? So the, these are the kinds of things that began to be um, initiated here Tuesday rising to make us most comfortable. You may have, uh, you know, yesterday I've mentioned when I've discussed moon in cancer before, yesterday may have been a day where you got off work and you went straight home. You just wanted to get comfortable and cozy and chill, peace and quiet. You ain't trying to go to no happy hour. You weren't trying to kick it. You weren't trying to call nobody. And it's still going to be in cancer today all the way through until late tonight, I believe around 11 o'clock, a little before 11 Central Standard Time. So. Um, that already is just beautiful, you know, um, uh, an instinctive need while the moon is in cancer to, like, soak in the tub, you know, um, drink more water and stay hydrated, even eliminating more water. You may find yourself, you know, using the bathroom more here in these this couple of days um, or just wanting to make home homier. You may have found yourself doing some some chores, maybe that's comfortable to you. Comfort, peace and quiet doesn't necessarily mean not doing anything. It's a, it's an emotional inner peace and state of being, okay? Uh, you may have even went to bed early. I actually know somebody that did go to bed early last, so that's interesting. Um, uh, and the cancer also rules women. So, um, uh, meeting up with women, um, checking out, you know, talking to women in your life, it would have just been the condition is here yesterday and today are just conducive for that type of activity to be going on, okay? And so amidst that climate where we're already comfortable and, you know, cozy and secure and um getting in touch with what, you know, motivates us at the deepest level. Um, 
you know, wanting the kind of retreat we had, and you can hear on last week's episode, the Mercury sextiling Neptune right after that at 4.40 a.m. yesterday rising Central Standard Time. And that, of course, just added to, you know, Mercury and and anything Neptune touches is going to soften it, okay? It's going to, like, eliminate all boundaries. And it here it's doing that with Mercury, our very um, ways of communicating and traveling and doing business. And so um, it, it, it's, it, it has a real – I still feel it. You know, it was just yesterday. And so obviously it's still an orb. It can still be felt. It can still be appreciated, maximized, and um, – you know, uh, built upon. You can do something with this energy. You can do something really creative with your communications under this energy. You can even relax, you know, travel to relax. That's an interpretation of the mercurial and the Neptunian influence, okay? Um, Soothing, healing words. You know, the the show I do today as you and I don't, hopefully, you know, I'm saying words that are soothing and healing frequently, but, you know, the show, the very show I do today, it already has a mercurial influence on it because it's communication and media-based. And it has a Neptunian influence on it because I'm doing it out of an unconditional love for most people that I don't even know listening. <laughs> I say most because a lot of my uh, listeners have turned into um, beautiful, adoring, faithful, um, uh, amazingly genius clients that I uh, lovingly call my mama's babies. So, um, yeah, it's just a really good energy still for, um, you know, hyper-awareness, hypersensitivity to subtle vibrations and influence, okay, especially with Mercury being involved and it's a sextile, it's this, you know, divine opportunity to pick up necessary and required information by way of um, the this spiritual influence of Neptune, okay. Um, you could receive information through your dreams, through meditation, a chance encounter, um, a movie, you know, that's Neptune ruled. So... Yeah, that's just been beautiful. You can hear um, hear more about that in last week's episode. You can hear um, some of the aspects, if you um, some of the characteristics, if you were born with Mercury sextile Neptune in your natal chart, as well as um, horoscopes for particular signs and deacons that are being directly affected, impacted, and benefited by this particular passing aspect, transiting aspect, okay? Additionally, (laughs) and at the top of the list of reasons to just, I mean, with, um, the title of the show is about the intense Scorpio full moon, okay, right? But I also added in there um, that Venus is setting us ablaze. I mean, and it started out yesterday with the Venus trine Mars. <laughs> Oof, y'all know I dug into it last week, so click on back in the uh, episode um, description um, where it says click here for last week's show. Go on and click on back, and you so want to listen to what I had to say about Venus trining Mars yesterday at 2.16 p.m. Central Standard Time. Woo! 
and it ain't going to happen again <laughs> until 2018, okay? That was it. This is it, not that. This, we are still living under the influence of this beautiful, powerful, passionate, active, lovely, lively, uh, whew, I just, I'm I'm outdone. I mean, I remember talking about this transit. I believe it was like it had to have been last year. I haven't even been on the show. It, it'll be a year here in May. So uh, it just feels like I guess that I've been doing it for a while. I just love it so much. It feels like I've always been doing this. Um, but uh, Venus trying Mars, y'all. Go back and listen to it. I just, <laughs> you can tell by my reaction, it's got to be good. Venus represents the love and the money and what we value, right? And the trine is the easiest flow of energy between any two points. So you throw Mars on it and let the love and the money be motivated, be active, be passionate, being passionate about what we value. Mm, mm, mm. Got to be more careful. And I told y'all last week, I said, make sure, just like with a Venus trying Jupiter, you do not want to mess around. Let Venus trying Jupiter come around and you not vibing high. Don't do it to yourself. Don't be the only one in a Venus trying Jupiter or a Venus trying Mars looking like, <laughs> dang, should have heard about everything a week in advance through Mama Dada and prepared for the time of my life. I don't. I, I talked all about it last week, so you got to go back and listen because I got to keep it moving. It's too much good, ma- magically delicious stuff coming up in the week ahead. I can't go back. <laughs> Y'all got to stay with me. <laughs> so I definitely discussed that that aspect in the natal chart and horoscopes for um, certain, not all. Um, signs and deacon specific deacons. So that's what's going on right now, y'all. Do you feel it? Can you feel it? It's amazing. It's wonderful. You, uh, we, the, the um, new moon of April seventh that we just had had a strong Uranus um, influence on it. And so I was talking about before that came how you know. Some people hear Uranus and they know that sudden and unexpected events and, you know, surprises, stuff popping up on you. You know, it's the lightning that can strike, you know, who can pinpoint when light, when and where and how lightning is going to strike, you know, nobody. And so a lot of people are afraid of that concept. But I, I mentioned, I said, some people been waiting on a Uranus-influenced transit to come by because they are desperate for change, okay? And so, um, gosh, I never could confirm this sound. I really hope I'm not talking to myself. I I did that one time, two hours of just gone, just gone, and I go back to listen to the show and all years intro music. So if you can hear me, I'm going to keep going. I did refresh so I could hopefully get um, a sound check on what's going on on the show. So, um, but, yeah, we're going to keep it moving. Uh, get in where you fit in while the moon is still in Cancer, okay, while the uh, the, the Venus-Mars um, trine is still strong in its influence. Uh, we do have a quarter moon on tonight. 
that is going to, you know, set the moon that that uh, is in Cancer and avoid status. Okay, you're not really trying to initiate a lot of stuff when the moon is void. Um, tonight it'll be nine hours, so pretty much overnight, as of 11 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Moon is void, okay? And so for uh, nine hours and 54 minutes until 8.53 a.m. tomorrow, Thursday rising, uh, Central Standard Time when the moon enters Leo, okay? So tonight is a perfect night for even more, you know, moon and cancer type of activity. So going to bed early, getting some sleep should be really satisfying and peaceful while the moon is void as in addition to it being in cancer. So that's beautiful plan to get that good, good sleep going on. Like I said, we just had a Mercury sextile Neptune. That's a divine opportunity to just really do some stuff in that dreaming state. I've been advising my clients in with some particular techniques that I use as it relates to setting things up while your mind is in a particular state right before you go to sleep. And, hell, I'm living it, so can't nobody tell me nothing. The stuff works. So as for me and my mama's babies, we're going to max out every chance we get. We're going to max out, especially when these transits are hitting exact. Let's get it. Why not? I'm back here. Me even doing this show has been in, in uh, you know, I ran the risk of just not even be, being able to do the show, but apparently some stuff be working when you utilize these moon phases, like this Scorpio full moon coming up that's in direct response to this, the April uh, 7th new moon in Aries that we just had that's in on the short term, that's in direct response from six months ago to a Scorpio new moon that was had, okay? things that you've been working on since then on the long term coming to fruition, coming to manifestation, culminating, being illuminated. So you can see clearly here at this point where those efforts went, what came of them, what came, what is coming of here in, in a couple, in another week, in the week ahead, what is, has come of the intentions that were set on April 7th, on, around, or before April 7th. So, um, y'all, I'm just a little concerned. I really hope I can be heard. Uh, let's see. I show some people on the line, so I imagine they're not holding just to listen to dead air. I'm still trying to check the sound. So, whew. Don't want to do a whole show that can't be heard, but I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to assume that I can. Um, so, yeah, max out, y'all. Um, the moon does go void tonight, um, so you're not going to really be able to move new initiatives forward again after 11 p.m. Central tonight until around 9 Central um, Thursday rising. That's when the moon goes into Leo. You know, take advantage while the moon is in Cancer. When the moon is in Gemini right before Cancer, we busy, running around, got a lot of phone calls, errands, messages. And then right on the other side of Cancer, when the moon goes into Leo her Thursday rising, we're going to want to be where the action is, where the party at, where the jokes is being told, where fun is being had. Take divine advantage if you don't do it but today and tonight. Take divine advantage of being peaceful and quiet 
and feeling comfortable with yourself, feeling at home in with yourself, okay? And, you know, let the jewels, especially around this Venus trine Mars, come on, find out what house Venus and Mars is transiting in your chart and really set your world on fire. And I mean that literally. Venus is in Aries and Mars is in Sagittarius. It's a fire party going on with the easiest flow of access between them. It's a fiery party going on. Venus, I said Venus sets us ablaze. Not only is Venus trining Mars, but if you, as you can tell in the episode information for the week ahead, Venus is going to do a whole bunch of more other stuff too. Venus is on fire for real. And I promise you don't want to miss it. I'm just, I'm just speaking from experience. I'm living it and watching my mama's babies live it. Ain't, ain't none of them mad. I talk to them every week. Come on. And, go, and ain't just walking on a bed of roses, going through, got challenges on every hand, but just manifesting, you know, their destiny from a position of power instead of a position of being pitiful. This is real stuff. I'm not on here talking to you about stuff for a pie in the sky. I'm talking to you about stuff that affects all of our daily lives, whether we recognize it or not. And the more consciously aware we are of just how much we are impacted internally, first and foremost, by these um, energies, and we recognize, we're able to recognize, you know, uh, what they represent. Venus, let me hip you to this right now. Venus represents love, beauty, art, money, everything we value, possessions. Come on. Our senses, our sensualness, food, come on, aromas, touch. And it's on fire. Venus is on fire in Aries. Trining Mars is on fire in Sagittarius. That's why I'm on here every week, because I'm introducing to some and corroborating um, and, and, and confirming for others what you already know inside of you. You just don't have, you just may not have astrological context to describe it, but it's already happening inside you. You may not understand me, but you feel me. You feel me. And that's why hundreds of y'all are back week after week to listen. I'm not, look, I may be a genius, but I'm not, this ain't coming, this is not solely coming from me. I am expressing through the gifting and ability of the divine, just in layman's terms, some real spiritual truths, some real spiritual jewels and nuggets that if taken in context, astrological context, then you, you can start to have some rhyme and reason to it and see yourself in the story. See how, like I said, find out where Venus and Mars is transiting your chart. You, what house is transiting for you? Because that alone is going to be able to narrow down in, significantly the areas of life that you can really max out on these energies with. Who don't want to max out on a Venus trine Mars? Please. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't want to be around such a person. <laughs> Yay. I can hear. I can be heard. Cool. 
thank y'all for hanging with me while I continued to say over the air that I was double-checking, but I just wanted to confirm that. Um, who don't want to be vibing high and maxing out knowing exactly what area of life to apply these, um, you know, energies, the interpretation of these energies to? Come on. You might want to know what area of life, your love, your money, what you value, possessions, is is being activated for you so you can maximize that. That's what we do here at Mama Dada Astrology, and we just help break it down. We help bring it down to, to everyday life so you can get some benefit out of this, or else what's the point? I ain't on here talking about all this stuff because it's cute. Trust me, I done gone through hell and high water just to be able to do it. I'm on here doing it because I'm, I'm living the benefit, and we all have access to it. The only thing people are paying me for is to or really compensating me for it. It's just trading. It's just trading because I, I gain so much from the experience as well. It makes me a better astrologer. That's why it's called, the title is a practicing astrologer because it's a constant thing. It's like you never get to the end of this stuff, but when you start with the basics, which is your natal chart, I can hook y'all up on that. I also want to mention, if you're interested in a birth or natal chart, that's like it. I actually even offered to give, uh, I was, it was like a month or two ago, I was late getting this lady her report. And I said, you know what? If I don't have your report to you by tomorrow, I'm going to give you a free birth chart because I am so passionate about knowing people, knowing themselves, knowing thyself astrologically. Knowing thyself, period, is wonderful. But when you can really get this, Astro stuff, then I'll have somebody help break it down to you, give you a 60-page report, really breaking down every single aspect and position of your personal natal chart based on the time you were born. Baby, you 85 steps ahead of the game because most people don't even, barely know what their sun sign is. I met, <laughs> I met somebody the other day. He acted like he was scared to tell me what his sun sign was. I was like, I'm not going to beg you to tell me. And he finally just said it. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, it pays to know as much as you can beyond where what constellation the sun was in when you were born. What about your moon? That's real important. (laughs) I promise you that's real important. Sun, moon, ascendant or rising sign, real important. Come on. Ascendant, rising, that represents your very body on this earth. You may read a horoscope for your sun sign, and the one for your rising ascendant sign will blow you out of the water if you happen to know what it is because that's the one that's going to mostly attend to mostly affect your very physical body. So, And it's, it goes deeper than that, sun, moon, and rising. Guess what? You got a Mercury. Mercury was somewhere when you were born. Venus was somewhere when you were, when you were born. Jupiter, Saturn. And if you want to count the the more the three modern planets, so Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto on it too. And all that means something. And not only was it in a particular constellation, it was in a particular house. And where, uh, if you're dealing in a Placidus house system, the very cusps that are calculated exactly inside of a constellation denotes what planet rules that house? It, and it goes deeper than that, y'all. So what I'm saying is 
take some time out, invest in yourself. I'm not saying that because I want a penny. I'm saying that because I'm living the proof. I'm here on the radio every week as proof. It wouldn't but I got to think because it's getting longer period of time now. But it's it, within the last two or three years that I even came across this station, my astrology coach network. I was listening like y'all sitting up here at work, mad, don't want to be there, finishing my work super early because they let you, when you finish your work early, you get to go home. <laughs> and zoning out with my earphones on, listening to the latest broadcast that I had downloaded to my, uh, to my um, MP3 player uh, of, of the show. I I still can't tell you exactly who was on the show. I remember Brother Ampu's voice, and it was a a young lady, and they were, like, co-hosting. And so, (laughs) I mean, that's within the past two, three years, y'all. And I went from a listener to being personally invited and asked by Brother Ampu to host any show I'd like. My, My choice of what format I wanted to use to do it. And I chose the week ahead format. I was already doing that for myself through, through what I was learning from my astrology coach. That's what I'm parlaying and just keeping the flow going with now. And it all still flows back. I've been a, a proud member of the, uh, I, initially it was just the star, uh, the, uh, star network. But I, for here for a while now, I've been a proud member of the Astro Tarot Network. I'm constantly, we're we keeping this flow up. That's why I say I'm not after your penny. I'm after people just like me, people just like Brother Ampu, who are doing it for higher purposes. Of course, there's energy attached to it. There's got to be an exchange or it, it, it loses value when you're giving away stuff that is priceless. But it's for the low. Anybody who fooled with me knows for the low. So just, you know, one-click access to email me if you're interested in the birth or natal chart report. And I wanted to do a special offer because one of the alignments I'm going to talk about here in the week ahead uh, specifically refers to past life, okay? And I want to offer that service. I've got two different past life reports. One is specifically from the well-known astrologer, of course, he's, transition, uh, Edgar Casey, and then I have another um, past life report that I have access to, and I want to do a combo pack for y'all. It'll be for the low. I haven't even come up with a price yet, but if you're interested, in the week ahead, we're having an alignment that is perfect and conducive for obtaining such information, past life, um, and, you know, utilizing that information is powerful when you find out based on your particular specific time-based uh, astrological configurations of your natal chart, what that means and interprets into as it relates to past life and as that relates to your current life, okay? And for those who do not believe in past life, you can always interpret past life as younger because guess what? A lot of times you do not remember or you do not have access to intellectually or intelligently things that you experienced as a child. Because when you were a child, you couldn't put it together. You know what you felt. 
but you couldn't in- intelligently put it together. You didn't know the words to use. You didn't know how to describe it specifically. So if you don't believe in past life, you can look at the information as it relates to your young life, younger life, child life, baby life, right? Okay, we're going to keep it moving right along. So, yeah, um, take advantage of the moon being cancer when it's in Leo here after Thursday rising. We're going to be ready for a party, probably be in Friday weekend mode on Thursday this week because the moon is going into Leo. And we were just going to be inspired and and emotionally satisfied to have some fun, (laughs) to, you know, have have a party even. So that's the kind of energy that Moon and Leo support. And then um, Mercury, Trine, Jupiter, uh, discussed that last week. I am going to, you know, let y'all go back and listen to that if you're curious about that. Mercury, once again, is the communications, it's the travel, it's the business you're handling and doing the messages that are going back and forth, right? And then the easy flow of the trine to Jupiter means it's just going to be that much more expansive, okay? So look for um here on Thursday and around that day for that influence to be felt. When you're dealing with Jupiter, you definitely want to stay, well, you don't have to really try. It's a positive vibe coming from Jupiter, optimistic, good news, okay? And then as it relates to Mercury being messages and travel, I mean, easily you could get a a positive message. It's the easiest flow of energy between those two. So it's, it's a high probability of getting a you know, some good news, receiving some good news near the end of this week and, um, you know, pleasant um, travel, okay, um, pleasant business deals. So paperwork needs to be done. That's also a mercurial thing. Probably be a lot of that activity going on, paperwork. Uh, that flows right in line with the messages, the mail, all that, Okay. I gave horoscopes for specific signs and deacons on that. And then, of course, Saturday here coming up, um, 1248 p.m. Central Standard Time, the moon will have been in Leo party time. But by Saturday afternoon, um, when the sun trines the moon, it's not that. The the moon will still be in Leo. It's just you're not really, if you are being social and still in party mode, you're hanging out with established friends and family. You're not having any first dates Saturday night. Sorry. And if you do, the moon will be void. So (laughs) likely nothing will come of it. So and I, just, I know I laughed. I just said likely nothing will come of it. Um, it's a void moon is a moon that is it's like uh, planting, okay? If the soil is not fertile or, or ready, it, you can plant a seed all day. Ain't nothing going to come up. That's what a void moon is, okay? It's best under a void moon to finish up stuff you've already started, hang out with people you already know. Uh, take stock, make a to-do list, find any lost objects, edit, refine, review. Kind of like a retrograde period, you know. You can't really move forward with nothing, so you do what you can under that influence. That's the one I told y'all. Uh, yeah. Uh, the 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 one about sleep is going to be here uh, because it's overnight. That's the one to get that good sleep in on when, uh, tonight. Just the one to get the good sleep in because it's at 11 o'clock at night until uh, 9 in the morning. 
this one is kind of in the middle of the day. So it's like 12.48 p.m. Central Standard Time on Saturday. But then there at 6.23 p.m., the moon enters Virgo. So uh, it's just a chunk out of Saturday where it would behoove us all to kind of just do some things that we've already had established routines with as as opposed to embarking on some new adventure with some new person um, at that time. So then, yes, yeah, Saturday evening, the moon goes into Virgo this week. It's a mutable sign. I already talked about it. I shouldn't do that because what I really want to get to, y'all, go to last week's episode if you want to hear about the moon in Virgo. Mars retrograde. Ooh. Okay. We are discussing today, the week ahead, dated April 17th through the 23rd, right? Well, on the 17th, Mars goes retrograde, okay? This is significant, y'all. We're in Aries season still at the time that this happens. Um, Aries is ruled by Mars. Mars is Aries' ruler, okay? And they're at... 7.17 a.m. Central Standard Time on the 17th, uh, Sunday, uh, it officially stations at that exact time. Now, y'all wondering, you've been talking the last couple episodes, you're going to talk about Mars Retrograde. I told y'all last week that it, it would be this week that I would have to do it, and I know it's right on the heels of the retrograde, but we've been in the shadow of it, in the zone uh, covering area areas of space that is that Mars is going to retrograde back through since February 17th. February 17th, Mars was at 23 degrees Scorpio and it entered the zone. And here on Sunday, it's going to retrograde back to everything through everything it was went through since February 17th, and it's going to take it till June 29th to do it. On June 29th, it's going to be back where it was on February 17th when it entered the zone. And it's going to go for a third time back through this same area of space. The second time forward, it'll go back one time through that area, um, but the third time in total through that area of space. And by August 22nd, it's going to be in new territory, okay? Territory it hasn't been able to press through since it started retrograding here on Sunday. So Mars retrograde, um, Cafe Astrology has a pretty good breakdown on it. It denotes us being forced to reassess our current projects, our approach to getting what we want, and our desire nature, okay? Rather than directly asserting our desires, we tend towards introspection. That's what Mars retrograding is doing energetically. The motivations and actions that are represented by Mars, which it represents action, um, are internalized for our inch, for our opportunity to be introspective. Okay. Um, So yeah, it, it's going to feel intense when it when, when that energy is internalized, it's intensified, okay? Because it's personalized. We're not spewing 
are the negative aspects of Mars, which is aggression, which is violence, which is, uh, especially when you're talking about sharp objects, Mars rules them sharp objects, okay? And so you could definitely, uh, someone who could be violent towards others potentially could be more prone to being violent towards themselves um, under this time because at this time because this Mars energy turn inward could manifest as a feeling of pressure, could feel very pressurized during this time. We could be hesitant when Mars is retrograde about taking action. Mars rules action, so when Mars Mars is it's one of the fastest you know, planets, because the energy tends to show up early. It's one of the most intense because even on the high side of aggression is assertiveness. So it's very for, a forward-moving energy. So the very planet representing action is having to deal with retraction or, in astrological terms, retrograde motion, okay? So we could be hesitant about taking action while Mars is retrograde, second-guessing our instincts or our natural impulses rather than acting upon them. We don't exactly trust the way we react to situations under this influence. So that's why I've been saying probably since the eclipse shows from over a month ago now, that it was going to be really imperative. April 17th was that date. If, you didn't, if you're not trying to get it done by April 17th, and we had April 13th today, I mean, what you going to do in the next four days that doesn't have – Mars is slowing down, slowing down to a quote-unquote stop so it can go back. That's what a station is. It's stationing retrograde. So it's got to slow down to stop, right? So that's what I've been saying for quite a while now. Whatever you want to move forward, especially in the area of your chart, the house that Mars is transiting through, it would be good information to know Uh, because you can focus on those areas. You can have a more focused approach to this time of it. It The pressure don't have to be so uh, dire if you can have a focused attention on what's being internalized and intensified. You're gonna know you're gonna know exactly what area of your life is being hit up and you can work with that energy. That's not a bad thing to have uh to be introspective. But yes, clearly it can manifest negatively on the low end. We all know it's the high side of stuff and it's the low side. So Mars represents anger. Okay, on the on the low side. And if you have if we have not been up until this Mars retrograde, it's been two years since it's retrograded. So it's been in forward motion, full speed ahead for two years. If you have if we have not been operating allowing the Mars energy that we all embody to manifest in our lives on the high side productively. On the high side is action. You ain't sitting around waiting on that gum thing. You the that gum soldier. You the first one up in the morning. You the early bird getting the worm. That's Mars on the high side. Ain't asking nobody for nothing. Ain't waiting nobody nobody to do nothing. Just going and getting it done. 
because it needs to get done. Mars is the assertiveness, the dynamic, the dynamism that it takes to go nail an interview. The, the the assertiveness and the dynamism that it takes to be on a first date or meet somebody and compel them to, you know, make that next move, okay? That is Mars operating high. Yes, Mars is sexual energy as well because it's that passion and it's that fire. It rules a fire sign, Aries. So, but on the low end, you know, if if you haven't been getting it done, then you probably been blaming others, and that's going to cause some tension. Come on, we're talking about anger internalized manifesting. That's anger internalized manifesting on the low end. Tension. Anybody know anything about that? Resentment. Been experiencing any of that? Depression. This is anger, internalized, apathy, and this, and and even some paranoia. And this is what Mars retrograde, it's going to be here for a while. Y'all heard me when I said what I said. June 29th, and then it's still going to be in retrograde territory until August 22nd. We're going to have a while to to sit with this energy and figure it out. We're going to have a while. It's starting out in a fire sign in Sagittarius, and it's going to retrograde right back into Scorpio, which is I love that Scorpio, even though it's a water sign, it's not even a fire sign, but it's so intense and it's so transformative and it's so powerful that passion is inherent in it as well. So this whole Mars retrograde is it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be surface level. It's not going to be uh, superficial. It, we finna go deep, whether we were ready for it or not. And so, uh, what our goal should be during this time, it should be to better understand our impulses, our survival instincts, our anger, our sexuality, our inner courage and the ways we go about getting what we want from life. It does matter. Mars is motivation, babies. It does matter what your motivation is because it's going to affect and color your fire. It's going to affect and color the passion and the drive and the actions we take. If, if, if you internalize anger, and mess around and fool with some tension and resentment. I mean, come on, does any of this sound appealing? Depression, apathy, paranoia. You ain't got to be paranoid when your motives is right, when, you, when you're taking right action. You, know, you don't have to be depressed or deal with no stupid tension and resentment from yourself or others. We're going we gonna to have a divine and a lengthy opportunity to check our motives at the door. And it starts inside. That's why Mars is retrograde, because you're going to internalize it first. And if you internalize it on the high end, then you, you're, what's going to be impacted is those actions. Mars want to do something. It's a real physical planet. It ain't really just passionate just to sit there and look cute. 
It's passionate because we want to do something. So I promise you, once again, we are all going to have a better understanding if we make it our goal of the ways we go about the ways. Come on. Somebody said it wasn't what you do is how you do it, right? What you say, how you say it. How are you go- we going about getting what we want? It's important. And for the people you may know or be connected to or have been connected to that didn't think it was important, I promise you, y'all done dealt with some tension. Come on. What's the negative? Resentment, depression, apathy. Dang. Apathy? You don't even care? And paranoia. So we are definitely being asked during this time to look before we leap since we got the nerve to be internalizing Mars energies, we have that time of introspection, which Mars retrograde denotes to think, internalize our desires, our desired nature, how we go about getting what we want, reassessing current projects, things we have. You know, if you've been, maybe you have been going full speed ahead and fooling with Mars, right? You've been taking action. You ain't been had no tension or resentment, depression. You've been making power moves. You've been moving forward, full speed ahead, early bird getting the worm, ain't been waiting on nobody. Cool. But even Mars retrograde for those of us, is still an opportunity to reassess and make sure. What's wrong with it's re, It's going to be retrograde whether we want to do it or not. But this is what we can do during this time to max out, to maximize the divine opportunity that we have until August 22nd to reassess, turn inward, and look before we leap, okay, rather than just throw ourselves into action. It's not going to work for you, babies, not during Mars retrograde. Mm-mm. Even stuff you've already thrown yourself into, you're going to, it's going to slow down on you, and you're going to be able to reassess some stuff. If it's all good, the reassessment can't hurt. It's just the people that scared that the reassessment going to mess up what they got. They got something to worry about. And it's not because it's gonna mess up what they got that they got to be that they should be worried. It's that they're not even focused on them. Mars rules Aries. Aries is about self. Internalize. You can't internalize somebody else. That's for us. That's for us individually to internalize. Nobody else can can internally motivate you to act. That comes from self. So it's a really crucial time. I hope y'all um, take divine advantage. Um, it's definitely also uh, this particular astrologer that uh, wrote this likened Mars retrograde to Mars transiting the 12th house. Okay, my mama's babies would definitely know something about that because that's something we're watching out every week when we have our hour consultation and, and, and I send out um, before the week starts, just like the show, I send my mama's babies a week in advance. They're per- personalized tra- transits to their natal planets. And we in- usually end up discussing it, so I can just flesh it out for them real quick on the um, weekly consultation. But when Mars is transiting somebody's 12th house, it's kind of this similar Mars retrograde energy where hesitation is more likely than as opposed to throwing yourself into a new endeavor. 
you're not doing nothing new in the 12th house, I promise. 12th house is the same energy of Pisces, same energy of Neptune. It's the energy of endings. You're not starting nothing new unless it has to do specifically with endings in a 12th house scenario. So that's the feel that Mars retrograde is having. You're not really starting anything new while Mars is retrograding. Okay, we're think we're internalizing, we're we're um, we're looking before we're leaping. So there's a more of a hesitation. It's not that no action is taking place. It's just not forward, full speed ahead, quick, impulsive. You 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 gonna think about you gonna think about some things before you actually do them with Mars retrograde. Um, also, you may you may find that you require more rest than usual. Okay, think of the planet of action slowed down. Slowed down so much that it stopped. Slowed down so much that not only did it stop, it went backwards. (laughs) So that very planet of action is in retrograde motion after the 17th. And as a result, some, especially if you're really sensitive, if if you are an Aries ascendant, you have Aries rising on your ascendant in your natal chart, your whole chart is ruled by Mars, baby. So when Mars do something like retrograde, you just might feel it. You just might sense it. You just might experience those effects. One of the effects possibly is requiring more rest than you usually do. So then you don't have to be looking crazy like, dang, I don't know why. I just been wanting to lay down or, you know, uh, wanting to recharge, rejuvenate. I've been needing more of this, that, or the third just to recharge or rejuvenate. Hey, that could be a possibility. If you have a very strong Mars or Aries influence in your chart, same thing, just to a little lesser degree. Uh, We are definitely being forced to all, all of us are being forced to slow down, especially if we have not listened to our natural impulses to take a break. You could be more if you twelfth house is is confinement, the hospitals and the and the and the uh you know um jails and stuff like that, but we could be more accident or illness prone in a Mars retrograde if we're not internalizing and listening to ourselves to see what uh if your natural impulse is to take a break and you think oh. You know, I'm so used to going full steam ahead. I'm sure Mars, you know, if it was a real person, would be saying the same thing. Hell, it's used to going full speed ahead, but every couple of years it got a retrograde. Ain't no way around it. And for those who choose to ignore those impulses to take a break, might find I know somebody. It caught up with them a little early. But when you running around, oh, it ain't nothing wrong with me. Oh, I'm perfect. Oh, I'm wonderful. Oh, everything going wonderful. Everything great. And you have not been taking care of your body in whatever ways it's demanding and commanding you to, Mars retrograde going to find you out. So um, you can always, that's the, I don't have doom and gloom for anybody. I, all I have is, is uh, uh, giving people an awareness of choice. Because you can choose to start internalizing a lot of this um, energy, looking before you leap, um, understanding your impulses better towards survival instincts, 
okay? Understanding your impulses better towards survival instincts. Nobody got to tell you to take a break if you're understanding your impulses for survival instincts better because you're going to be able to recognize and read, internalize, and see when your body is saying, okay, I'm a, I, I want a break today. I, I want some fruit and vegetables today. I don't want a burger. I, I don't want fries that they've proven don't even get old. That's how you know they're not real potatoes. <laughs> it's like just take the time. Take the time. Make the time so it doesn't have to be taken from you, okay? That's my point. It's a time for regrouping on both physical and emotional levels for us all, okay? Um, we should definitely make sure we, we're having direct and healthy expressions or outlets for our frustrations. That's a low manifestation of this Mars energy, and we've got this divine retrograde to reconsider it all, reconsider the ways we go about getting what we want. So... <sighs> If you can, if it's not totally against, (laughs) I just know some people, y'all, and it's like you would think it's a foreign concept to be direct. I am a super Sagittarius, though, so that's what we do. But, you know, being direct and having these healthy expressions or outlets for any frustrations that you may encounter between now and August the 22nd is going to be the best way to go. If you doing, if you being direct, if you express in any anger that does come up or frustrations healthily, make sure you get in your, um, you know, physical, um, you know, once again, Mars wants to do something. It's, and you're going to be spinning your wheels. Once again, you might want to find out what house Mars is transiting through for you so you can be more focused in your efforts so you don't have to just be tired for no good reason because you just did a whole bunch of all kind of stuff because you don't know what the heck to do. But, you know, healthy expressions, do something, move around. Maybe Mars is retrograding through your fourth house. Do something at the house. Put your energy. If you had a frustrating day and you need to let that out in a healthy way and express it in a healthy way, if somebody had Mars retrograding through their fourth house, I would say put that energy in your home. It's something. Trust me. I know. It's something you can do to improve your home where you live, to, uh, uh, you know, build on it, something physical. That's why when you don't do the physical thing, when you don't have the healthy expression and you set up and you just frustrate it, you end up taking it out on somebody, you end up attracting some old low vibrational BS energy to you, because you didn't let it out healthily. It's there. It ain't go that's I think people just think it goes away if you don't Oh, I'm fine. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm cool. No, they didn't bother me at all. No, that ain't helping nobody. You setting up lying to yourself. What's gonna help as opposed to resorting to being sneaky? Being indirect as opposed to direct or any other obtuse as opposed to acute and direct method of going after what you want, you're just going to run into problems, obstacles, 
and fr- and more frustration. Oh, you think you started out frustrated? <laughs> Swing on somebody in your frustration and find out how many more problems you're gonna have. Cuss the wrong person out in your frustration. You might end up being a little bit more frustrated when you have to deal with the fallout of who you just cussed out that you didn't even know. It all, all Mars retrograde. If it don't teach us nothing else, every action has a reaction, and in a retrograde, we get to reevaluate our actions up until this point. If they've been good, cool. We're not gonna do nothing but strengthen our resolve, get a more uh, adequate rest, and um, take more right actions. And if it hasn't been good up until now, we get a divine, you know opportunity to make a powerful, cosmically supported change. Okay? That's Mars Retrograde, y'all. Whoop, whoop. We are rolling right along in the week ahead. That sets us off on um, Sunday the 17th. Uh, let me make sure I gave y'all that exact time. Just for, I mean, some people really, I I end up consulting with some people that they own it. <laughs> One of uh, my mama's babies is a practicing astrologer. Well, she's an um, she's an astrologer. I don't know that she practices, but she definitely studies because she, you know, she, it's rare that I talk to people about astrology and they just, you know, point for point, just matching me. Just they know it's like what. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's actually seven seventeen a.m. Central Standard Time on Sunday. Okay, and then. Right before that, 4.23 a.m. Central Standard Time, uh, Mercury is trining Pluto, y'all. Powerful, so powerful. Um, Powerful in high and low ways, just like everything else. Just like Mars got the high and the low, well, we're dealing with Mercury in the most easily um, easily flowing aspect between Mercury and Pluto, okay? And so Mercury is fluid and it's travel, you know, it's the messages. How how easy is it to send a message? How easy is it to get up and go? And then and the easy flow from that to Pluto, which is power, transformation. It's psychological. It's deep. So um, it, it is going, because Mercury is retrograding, we just talked about Mars retrograding. Now, Mercury isn't retrograding in the week ahead. It's not retrograding now, but it will be here pretty soon. As a matter of fact, I think I pulled up those dates too. So y'all can already know. Yep, Mercury going to retrograde. God, dog. Oh, it enters the zone tomorrow, y'all. I was like, dang, Mercury retrograde tomorrow? No, it doesn't retrograde till the 28th of April. Um, but tomorrow it goes into the zone, okay? So y'all know all the Mercury retrograde info fooling with me, unless you're new. Uh, dig up in them archives, definitely. I, I tend to put that in the title if Mercury's retrograding. So, uh, But just as a quick refresher, when it does, tomorrow go into the zone, know that as of tomorrow, things that have been said after tomorrow on, uh, until it comes out of uh, the zone on June the 7th, 
all up for inspection, all up for, you know, reconsideration. You're not nailing nothing down. More than likely, business still does get done. Transactions, successful transactions still are made in Mercury retrogrades. But the climate and the environment and the energy is just ripe in Mercury retrograde for that anything mercurial like messages and commerce and travel to be a little wonky, a little off-center because of it, the retrograde motion. Uh, if you, they say, you know, if you, the Mercury retrogrades tend to bring back the X's, right? Well, they tend to come back during a, rec- a retrograde, but then they back gone when Mercury's in direct motion again. This is how it tends to go. So um, things said while Mercury is retrograding may not hold a lot of weight because somebody may go back on their word. This is the energy of a retrograde where I'm talking about Mars and things that should have been done that you wanted to get done well before the 17th. And this is what I'm talking to you about now with Mercury going into the zone as of tomorrow. Just know that after tomorrow on until it's out the zone, it may not be something you can really sink your teeth into when it comes to things that are communicated, okay? And so, yes, as it's in, after it's in the zone, Mercury trines Pluto like it's doing um, next Saturday, early rising. But I mentioned the whole retrograde thing that Mercury's doing because not only on April 17th, but then again on May 12th, May 30th, twice in May, the 12th and the 30th of this year, Mercury's going to trine Pluto again. Then it's going to trine it again August 10th of this year. Then it's going to shine it again September 23rd of this year because we have one more, uh, actually two more sets of Mercury retrogrades to go. So I'm, I'm mentioning that before I even talk about it because I want you to see clearly that this this energy going to be around a while and it's going to come back again and again. So you might want to, you know, get a pen and paper, jot a little something down and be mindful, especially if Mercury is your chart ruler or significant in your chart. Because this, once again, this energy can express itself high or low depending on us and what we choose. So Mercury trying Pluto is definitely ideal energy, thanks to Astrology King for a beautiful interpretation, um, but ideal for asking for favors. Okay, Mercury is the messages and Pluto is the intensity and the, you know, uh, penetrating intensity that messages can have, the penetrating intensity that travel can have, the penetrating intensity that um, commerce can have, okay? Um, Communications of all kinds. And so talking people into things, because our communications are so easily penetrable, (laughs) I know it's a word, y'all. I may not have said it right. Penetrable. Um, Talking people into things is is ideal under this climate as well, because our brains, the very uh, thing ruled by Mercury is very powerful, Pluto power, right? And it's the easiest flow between them, the trine, okay? So the power of penetration is at the mental level. Now, y'all can already tell by that alone that you can go real low with that, low vibrational, or you can go high. On the high end, 
you can apply a very powerful brain like that that can penetrate at the mental level to sales work, to debating, professional debating, uh, to bargaining, or negotiating favorable deals in business, or even major purchases. I told y'all Mercury is the commerce and the doing the exchange of services and goods. Um, so, but more powerful or penetrable, penetrable uh, purchases like houses and cars, major purchases, are, are favorable under this influence. We're on the high side now, right? We could have a profound influence on uh, on others under this influence and may meet somebody who deeply affects us through some idea or plan. Or it could be the beginning of a karmic friendship or a successful partnership, okay? That's the power that this particular as- transiting aspect has. Uh, it's more uh, Mercury. Mercury is the communication, so are the discussions that we have under Mercury, Trine, Pluto tend to be more serious. You going deep. You're not going surface level with it. You're not being superficial with it. You're not going out and flirting under a Mercury, Trine, Pluto without <laughs> it being an intense, you know, interaction. Um, our ability to understand things is uh, with this influence is best going to be applied on the high end. We're still talking high end now to research, investigation, uncovering secrets, and psychological self-analysis. That's the best thing you can do with a deep penetrating brain and being able to be powerful on a mental level is dig on dig on Mars retrograding. Here too, we're gonna to have five planets retrograding, so it's gonna be a lot about going within. And Mercury's gonna sit up here and try and Pluto five more times this year. Yeah, you might wanna you might wanna use that deep, intense um, mental ability on yourself. And that's the best thing you're going to be able to do with it. Because let me tell you, we didn't talk about all the high. Let me tell you how how you can get low with this and really mess yourself off. Uh, but, you know, it may seem, I've, I've, I've met people who have operated under this influence on a low level. And at the time, it seemed like fun. Oh, I can penetrate people mentally. Oh, I can persuade people and penetrate them and uh, have a profound influence on them. Think about people born under this influence. I'm about to get to that next. And maybe the person I was, you know what? I don't think it was the trine, but I think they did have a Mercury square Pluto in their chart, which with a square it's going to be challenging, you know, to um, overcome the uh, negative influences of of that particular uh, aspect. And so another high thing before I move on to the low is uh, it's a good time under this influence to understand astrology at a deeper level. Our minds are penetrating. You know, you're going to probably want to know this is the influence. You will probably get inspired, especially after hearing this show and hearing me talk about it too. Dig a little deeper into your own personal natal, natal chart. Dig a little deeper into your past life and get those reports and, and uh, dig a little deeper into your you know, transits that you have on an ongoing basis. It's like my mama's babies. They may want to, you know, we go deep and get into different stuff all the time just based on the level of readiness they are to move forward. 
to move on. When we get when we get to talking about Chiron, the wounded healer, you know, forget the the modern t- ten planets. When we get to talking about Chiron and North Node, oh baby, we going deep. And don't throw no asteroids on it because we really gonna go deep. So, uh, on the low end, well, still high. Obsessive tendencies is something that could manifest during this time, and you can apply those highly to discovery and research where blocking out background noise is an asset, okay? Penetrating mental ability, you when you penetrating, just think of that laser. Think of that when the sun, sh- you did the experiment in school where you had the magnifying glass and the sun light shine through it, and you could you could burn a hole in a piece of paper. Come on. That's it. That's penetrating mental focus at its finest. You blocking out everything else, and you can discover anything you need or want to, and you can research anything to the depths that you need to. That's why it's a good uh, influence to investigate and uncover secrets and psychological self-analysis. It would also be a good time uh, to consult as or with a psychologist or psychiatrist, or to get a psychic reading. This is the transit where it's um, uh, advisable to get a past life regression reading or service. Um, Try your hand at dream recall or telepathy or remote viewing. Gosh, I didn't even put the low aspects. I know they were listed, and that's just my super saggy mind. Sagittarius is the eternal optimist and, and, and the advancement in the higher, you know, aspects of everything. So I did do that in, um, on purpose. But, you know, if you if two, I, I told my um, mama's baby the other day, I said two energies can't occupy the same space at the same time. So if you focus, even though I didn't put the low aspects on here, if you focus on the high aspects, you don't have to worry about the low ones. You're too busy vibing high. You're too busy researching and investigating your own self, psychological self-analysis, to make sure that you masterfully maneuver through this Mars retrograde, finna be Mercury retrograde, Jupiter already retrograde, Pluto finna retrograde. It's like it's the most divine time to utilize an aspect like this that's going to hit five more times in 2016 to get real use to using powerful, penetrating mental brain ability to do all the talking to people that you need to do about your dreams. So when Mercury go direct again, when Mars go direct again, Jupiter going direct again, Pluto going direct again, you have something to show for it other than some BS. The low end of Pluto is darn, you know, uh, being secretive don't always have to be a bad thing, but when you plotting and you manipulating and you being possessive and jealous and you, uh, <clears throat> you know, psychological mind games on people, uh, I call them narcopaths. Yeah, narcopaths. You narcissistic and a psychopath. All that's found in the low vibration of Pluto. Low vibration of, of Mercury. 
up gossiping, high side, and talking about people. You can, I know you can find something better to do with your mouth and your powerful mind that you're going to have access to dang near to the end of 2016 on and off than sit up and talk about somebody. That's, that's the highest level you have attained in your mental ability is to high side. I'm sure it's a powerful, potent, uh, popular skill. But I promise you, it's something higher you came to do with that mouth and that mind, other than gossip, other than high side. Uh, it rules travel. Make sure you know. Come on, business. Keep it high. Keep vibing high. You ain't got to worry about no BS. That's why I didn't even put it on here. But it does. Uh, this aspect is really can do what I did um, um, put was that the. Um, our understanding and our perception will be deep when it comes to things classified as being related to the underworld, such as drugs and crime. So, yeah, you could completely and totally use this influence and the power thereof to be on the wrong side, quote, unquote, of the law. You can probably be a real good criminal during these times, be a real good, you know, uh, uh, suspect in a criminal case. But is that really what you want to do? I don't think so. We're going to keep it moving because guess what? If you were born with Mercury, Trine, Pluto in your natal chart like Jimi Hendrix was, like Tina Turner does have, Alicia Keys, Janet Jackson, Lenny Kravitz, Maya Angelou, Nina Simone, Bobby Brown, then you're given a deep and inquisitive intellect. You're given this naturally and natally. That's why the natal chart is so important. And when these transits are going by from week to week and seeing how these transiting planets are impacting your natal chart and the pattern that they're impacting them in, then you're in a more powerful position to make the most of being born with a transit like this if you just so happen to have it as well. These people can become an expert in their chosen field and can hone, like that, like that sun through the magnifying glass, they can hone a particular skill easily. They have powerfully penetrating minds, focus, and determination. Um, they love, these people love to get to the bottom of things. And, you know, now when you learn about these astrological aspects in your natal chart, you can see how you may have come across or dealt with somebody. I definitely have met somebody. They likely had this aspect in their chart. You're not walking around with that information in your back pocket, so you tend not to know. But I'm telling you what to look, the energy to look out for. And, yeah, definitely knowing somebody who loves to get – because to somebody who may not have that aspect, like I don't, it, it'll it boggle your mind why somebody just won't let something go. Like why are you hanging on to this until, you know, beating a dead horse? Well, people going with Mercury, Tron, Pluto love to get to the bottom of things. That's just who they are. These people make excellent researchers, spies, or investigators because they know how to filter out background noise and concentrate for prolonged periods, okay? This is what we're having access to by transit that these people have access to naturally or natally. These people understand or are connected to the darker side of life, the underworld criminal elements, and not necessarily on the low end. They could also be understanding and have connection to occults and, and mysteries like 
astrology. That's why it's a good time when, with the Mercury Trine Pluto transit to go deeper into subjects such as that. These people who are born with this aspect are very suitable for detective work, astrology, psychology, um, uh, and dealing with taxes and debt. <clears throat> Uh, uh, even debating and public speaking and writing would appeal to these people. The type of writing somebody with this aspect might do because of the dark, um, not dark in a bad way, don't associate dark with bad. Dark is like the occult can just mean hidden, hidden mysteries, okay? So these people, if they did were writing or writers, they could be drawn to satire, horror, uh, dark humor, or human nature and psychology. You think of people like Janet Jackson who have this influence, Jimi Hendrix, I mean, Alicia Keys, Tina Turner, the depths of their artistic ability. If Jimi Hendrix was still alive, we still made it not a scene, you know, the, the most of what he could pull out. But think of Tina Turner still getting it in. Alicia Keys and transformed and morphed her uh, music career so many ways. Janet Jackson, still an icon. Lenny Kravitz, okay? Nina Simone, up in history. Ashe. Maya Angelou, come on. So this is that energy. Just make sure, uh, you know, our powerful minds could be trained to project thoughts at the psychic level with something like this. You just have to take care to do no harm. That's the whole point. If you vibing high and you ain't after nobody, you ain't trying to hurt nobody, and you're, you know, doing the most you can with this energy, starting with yourself, and if you're going to do something with somebody else, make sure they're willing. Don't do no sideways backdoor sneak attack because the only one going to get snuck is you. That's another thing astrology will show you over time. Everything is on a cycle. It's definitely coming back around. It might retrograde on your butt at that. <laughs> so it does matter. Uh, uh, Mercury rules the hands and the arms. So people born with Mercury, Trine, Pluto tend to have power, Pluto, powerful arms, powerful um, um, hands. There is a tennis player uh, that has this aspect natally. So that's another manifestation. Now, for my mama's babies, uh, I'm going to get to the full moon horoscopes after this, and I'll leave, you know, the Venus being set ablaze. I talked about that earlier in the show. Y'all get the idea and the concept. Venus is in Uranus. It's trying in Mars right now with this beautiful aspect to Mars that's just favoring any kind of action that is, uh, you know, any passionate action that has to do with love, that has to do with money, it has to do with what we value, okay? So it's it's so beautiful, y'all. I just am smiling. Just, I could do the rest of the show just smiling, thinking about Venus trying Mars. But it's a blaze and it's powerful in Aries because not only is it trying in Mars, but in the week ahead we show Venus to be trining Saturn, what that's going to do if I don't get to get deep into the horoscopes and everything with y'all, uh, it's going to bring stability. Things that, you know, maybe this Venus trine Mars is stimulating for us or or initiating or, um, yeah, definitely uh, producing uh, 
here on Monday, rising, 9.37 a.m. Central Standard Time, when Venus trines Saturn, Saturn's going to bring that stability to Venus, okay? Saturn's going to bring the longevity, the endurance. People you meet around Venus trine Saturn might stick around a while because that's what Saturn's bringing, the long-lasting effect, okay? The stability, it has a stabilizing effect on it because it's, consistent, it's hardworking, it's dedicated, okay? And then um, Fiery Venus still on the move next week, Tuesday, um, April 19th, 3.51 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's squaring Pluto. So that's a, a challenging aspect, but it's an opportunity to really build. I don't look at squares in oppositions as negative and stuff anymore because it's like, golly, a square is a challenge for a reason because when you see that square, that 90-degree angle, when you see the grand cross um, on a natal wheel with the horizontal line going, you know, down the middle, splitting the um, – if you look at it like a pie or a clock, it splits it in two halves, one on the left side, one on the right side. Well, throw a vertical on that thing and split it from top to bottom, and then you have four equal parts, okay? And so um, <clears throat> that's what a square is, that that aspect like a corner of a wall. you got a sh- vertical straight line and a horizontal straight line that's 90 degrees apart. And so uh, with Venus squaring Pluto, uh, not only is it challenging, but it really is an opportunity to build something uh, powerful. It's trining Pluto, so it wants to build something powerful and lovely with um, Venus being associated and beautiful, uh, but penetrating, not not anything insincere and superficial. Uh, yeah, we must transform. Under this influence, we must transform under the influence of Venus square and Pluto next week. Um, it, it, it all points back to a deeply buried fear or insecurity about not feeling loved or valued because what Venus square Pluto can do is bring about power and control issues. Just like I was talking about Pluto earlier with Mercury trining. Um, Pluto can go real low and be real ugly because it's deep and psychological. Okay, manipulative behavior, jealousy, and possessiveness. But what it all boils down to is that deeply buried fear or insecurity about not feeling loved or valued. That's why all this internal energy of retrogrades and us going within is going to either drive some people completely all the way gone mad, or it's going to be just that internal pressure that's needed for us to come to the end of ourselves. Pluto is about extremes. And you may have to extremely come to the end of yourself under an influence like Venus square Pluto to to really get down to the nitty-gritty and find out, you know what, this ain't about somebody else at all. What what point is it for me to be jealous and possessive, worried about what somebody else is doing, trying to control and manipulate what they do, when I could use my deep, penetrating psychological prowess and power to make sure that I am acting in the most and highest ways of self-love as I can because when you love yourself, you ain't scared about nobody running off on you. You ain't scared about nobody doing dipping and doing stuff because you don't give a shit. <laughs> you good. You good. You secure in yourself and your love for yourself and how that manifests in your life. 
if you know somebody that loves themselves, you're going to know it because their whole life is going to be flourishing in so many ways, even if it's when things aren't that great and problems and obstacles and challenges come up. You they they ain't looking to you for nothing. They good. They know everything they need and all the security they want to feel is found within self. Thank God the sun is in Aries. It's the perfect time to discover it. Now it's going into Taurus next week. But it's been in Aries a while and we've all had access to this energy of self. And that's going to carry you through when it comes to um, some of these more challenging aspects like Venus um, square Pluto. People that were born with Venus square Pluto, you know, they may uh, realize that they just, Venus is the love and then Pluto is the intensity. So people born under this aspect, they're just really intense people with their feelings. And it could come across <laughs> in ways that mimic or uh, look like infatuation or even stalking, okay, because they, they just fall deeply in love. But sometimes their behavior can be threatening or overbearing. They may be, you know, manipulative, um, and, and these actions of stalking and infatuation and so intense be based out of the very thing I was saying about the transiting aspect. It's really just a deeply buried fear or insecurity about not feeling loved or valued. And so with age, uh, these people tend to be able to hide the negative behaviors better. They realize, hmm, that girl called the police on me last time I stalked her. Hmm, better not do that again. These people learn over time how to hide, but that's not the point of this transit or this natal placement. The point is to transform instead of hide the destructive behaviors. Transform it into a higher, you know, uh, higher operating manifestation than a lower one. Okay? And then uh, Venus finally, at the end of the week, also. Let's see here, conjuncts Uranus, okay? That's going to bring, I told y'all at the beginning of the show because I was mentioning Uranus being closely associated with this April 7th new moon we just had. And so some people been waiting on change. Uranus don't scare them. They want some excitement and the newness and the freshness that a Uranus transit or impact brings. And you're going to get your chance here leading up to Friday of next week, April the 22nd, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, Venus does conjunct. We'll meet up in the sky with Uranus in Aries, okay? Um, it, it won't do it again until next year, June the 3rd. So take divine advantage of an opportunity for change, Uranus, to come to your love and your money and what you value, okay? Change or excitement, whatever you in line for, <laughs> Venus conjunct Uranus going to bring it to your love or your money or both. Um, it's just going to increase our need, okay, for um, sudden changes um, and uh, and unexpected changes, okay? If you've been making power moves to bring the fresh energy in your life, bring the excitement, bring the newness, the breakthrough to your own love and your money, you don't have to worry about nothing crazy crackhead happening, especially if you vibing high, okay? Uh, Uranus does not have to scare you. It can just be a very welcomed change. Um... I'll leave it at that for now because, once again, I got to get to this full moon information for you guys. I definitely can't leave without doing that. 
so I'll skip the, the natal chart interpretation, but some people born with Venus conjunct Uranus, okay? I done told y'all that's the, that's the unique Uranus. It also brings the uniqueness, the strangeness, what we would term strange, the originality, the inventiveness, the, I don't know if I said already, but, yeah, the uniqueness, okay, to, to uh, people's love and money if they're born and what they value if they're born with this aspect. Now, we got Michael Jackson born with the aspect but then we got Prince Michael Jackson Jr. born with the aspect. So we may see out of um, his namesake as he gets older, you know, what we clearly saw with Michael Jackson, what he valued being different and strange. And uh, you know what? I, I hate that I didn't get the chance to dig into this natal um interpretation because it really does when you start to break down this natal aspect of Venus conjunct Uranus you can see real you can start to see real clearly how we may have all had Mike Jackson pegged completely wrong uh it definitely you know uh these people I gotta mention something out of here because it's just too uncanny um oh what was it prepared to drop oh um, just the just the unusualness. Um, I can't find it right now, but just like him being married to the Elvis Presley's daughter, you know, like it, it when you read this, when you find out about this aspect of Venus conjunct Uranus in the natal chart, it, it starts to make stuff make more sense and how the strangeness that we did associate with him was just his natural aspect that he had, his way of expressing his love, his the way he chose to spend his money, what he valued. We may not have understood it, but that don't mean it was some low vibrational perverted stuff. Maybe some people just used this, you was able to capitalize and use the strangeness of the way he did relate to love and money and possessions and values against him. So... Thought I mentioned that. Uh, interestingly enough, Usher also has this aspect. O.J. Simpson, Tyrese Gibson, and I had to throw in Richard Simmons because when I think about Strange, he definitely <laughs> would be one of them. Um, so I won't do the horoscopes for that either. Not right now. I'm gonna skip on to the full moon, and, and you know what? I got to do Sun and Taurus first. I got to do Sun and Taurus first because. The full moon in Scorpio is the moon being in Scorpio while the sun is in Taurus. So let me double-check my time here real quick. 20 minutes, I ought to be able to do 10 on the sun in Taurus and 10 on the full moon and and really make sure y'all got a good grasp of this energy because I'm here to tell you intense Scorpio full moon wasn't in the title for no reason. And the fact that Venus is on fire and set ablaze and the sun about to go into Taurus and Taurus is Venus ruled, yeah. It all lines up. I got to shout out Johnny at astrology.co.at because I love his really spiritual perspective of these astrological alignments. And he um, summed up sun entering Taurus like this. Now, instinctively, we ensure we're close to interactions with people we don't like. Okay, we don't even share our energy with them. We don't interact with them in the same way as we do people we fool with and are open to. We're closed to certain people. They can't come to our house and see us. They can't, if they call us on the phone, we looking like, huh, 
may not even answer, probably don't answer. We inherently have a sense of knowing our boundaries and knowing who the right people in our life, people we can trust, are. And it becomes crystal clear during the sun in Taurus, okay? That's happening here next Tuesday, April 19th, 1029 a.m. Central Standard Time. The more we work with and are connected to the right people, the more success we're going to have. Sun and Taurus is going, Taurus is a money sign, baby. Taurus is a money sign. It's a Venus rule. I just got through reminding y'all Venus is the love and the money and what we value. So what you think Sun and Taurus going to do? Due to the grand trine that Sun and Taurus is going to unlock, uh, we are going to really be experiencing, have an opportunity to experience a, a really grand scale level of success. We got Sun in, in Taurus, Mercury's in Taurus, trining, easiest flow of energy to Jupiter in Virgo, Earth signs, all Earth signs, trining Pluto, which is in Capricorn. Come on, y'all. Grand trine in Earth signs? And you don't think we're going to run up on an opportunity that we're working our, up on an opportunity to really have success and happiness in our life? He goes on to say, we won't have any conflict because life will ensure that we find the right people and are connected to all the right people. And most importantly, we're going to be closed to all the wrong ones. Now, during Sun and Aries, we're still in it now, we're open to everyone. You know, Aries, fresh energy, new baby, ready to go, uh, find out all about the world, you know, dynamic, impulsive. So we're open to everybody. But when the Sun moves into Taurus, we will ensure that we select the right, destined, and best people whom we can trust with our life, people who will become important to our success and stability. Taurus is a fixed sign. That's powerful. That's Venus and and kind of the Saturn influence again. Sun and Taurus is that we're going to learn a lot of of the people in our lives, about their energies. Um, about the energies of success and happiness, actually, and about who is truly right for us. Because who is truly right for us, who we open ourselves up to and who we close ourselves off from, has something to do directly with success and happiness. All the decisions we make in our life are defined by being surrounded by acceptable energies and good people. If we didn't feel right, we wouldn't stay in relationships, jobs, or places where we are. We all use our sensitivity to ensure we are surrounded by whatever and whoever is right. Life is moving everyone forward. We're being moved either away from, well, also away from anything bad for us and moved towards something good for us. Whatever we've become stressed out about or worried about, it is solved by this full moon on April the 22nd, which I'm about to talk about after the sun in Taurus. But the current um, lunar cycle of the full moon that we're coming up on began, like I said, the Aries new moon, and it's turning in, it's coming into the fullness of the Scorpio full moon. And that defines problems solved. Scorpio defines endings and rebirth to the future. So there's this wholesome feeling with this full moon as a result of the sun being in Taurus, the moon being directly opposite in Scorpio, that we've completed a phase in our life and ready for the future. I told you all full moon, the culmination, the culmination point, 
the the manif- final manifestation of whatever we've been working on, short term, two weeks. And we'll be able to move forward to where and what we should be doing with our life and our future. Um, the only warning is just to be careful. Uh, we're we're going to be creating, a, uh, the full moon is going to be creating a big decision about people in our life because we're going to be ready to feel and sense 100% bond of trustworthiness from the right people. It's going to be time, Scorpio's intense, babies. So it's time out for the superficial, oh, we're going to do this, and not, well, are we going to do this? And, no, all that's going to be wiped out. We're going into a time of 100% bond of trustworthiness from the right people, and if we have any wrong, dishonest people in our life, then the full moon will be eliminating them. Bye, bye. Full moon's about releasing too. <laughs> Released and, and, and penetrably so, deeply so, intensely so. Now, who they are is always going to be unpredictable. It's in the hands of destiny because until you get close to somebody and feel what you feel instinctively when you're around them or dealing with them, then you're not going to know, typically. But when you do get close and you realize how sincere and good certain people are for you, then that's when you realize what you've been searching for in your life and what you've been missing on some BS. Now. Sun in Taurus is going to be creating success and happiness in our lives. When we focus on what is right for us and when we eliminate what is wrong for us, we will have success and happiness. And with the last three minutes I have to discuss this, I want to give you some quick horoscopes. Some some celebrities born with Sun in Taurus, of course, most famous, well, I say most famously when I think about famous Tauruses, he comes up first, Chris Brown. Janet Jackson, Dwayne Rock Johnson, Malcolm X, Ashe, Stevie Wonder, James Brown, Dennis Rodman, Shamar Moore, and Kamora Lee Simmons. All right, I'm starting with Taurus because the sun's moving there. So that's first house action right there. Taurus, you can come out of the shadows and into the light. Okay, you've been having sun in your 12th house, so you've been all about, my Taurus has been about the rest, the relaxation, the rejuvenation, the sleep, the imagination, the dreams. And and being in the background, okay, now it's your time to shine. <laughs> you know, you uh, while the sun's been in Aries, Aries season, y'all been waiting on y'all's turn. It's y'all's turn, Taurus. Happy birthday in advance. Happy solar return. So you coming out of the shadows into the light, feeling more comfortable, getting attention, being in the spotlight, but also focusing hard on the issues that arise from the Mercury retrograde, okay? Mercury's going in the shadow. You can focus on ways you can make things better that go astray and try to make better decisions, okay? Uh, Leo, you can feel more ambitious and enjoy focusing on goals. Tenth house, very important um, transit for you. You've set the goals that you've set for yourself and are working hard at, you can feel more ambitious. Enjoy focusing on them. You can focus on the ways you can get back on the right track to achieve and succeed once the retrograde is over so you can hit the ground running. Okay, Leo, these are coming from the Dark Pixie Astrology, by the way. Scorpio, you can enjoy time spent with others. This sun, um, it's directly opposite you, Taurus is. And so we're talking seventh house, we're talking other people, we're talking partnerships, romantic and not. 
You can enjoy your time spent with others and want to be with other people more. You can focus on how you can improve your relationships and strengthen them once the retrograde is over and make your relationships better able to endure any challenges. Aquarius. We talk in fourth house, the very energy we started this show out with, Cancer, Moon, fourth house, bottom of the chart, internal energy. That's where Sun in Taurus is transiting for you, Aquarius. You can enjoy spending time with family or at home or in comfortable places with supportive people tending to your emotions. You can focus on ways you can get better in touch with your heart after the Mercury retrograde is over and strengthen your internal foundation. Aquarius, you got a lot going in your favor. Go within and you're going to be good. Virgo, you can feel comfortable being daring and bold, adventurous and optimistic and want to expand your life in new ways and have new experiences. You can focus on the ways you can make this happen once the Mercury retrograde is over. Virgo, uh you got you and Capricorn, y'all are sister signs to Taurus, and this is the energy the sun is moving into. It's about to be Taurus season. So y'all have the easiest access to that same energy that Taurus does, okay? I already hit up Virgo, Capricorn. You can enjoy the time you get to spend on your hobbies and being creative, and your inner child can grow stronger. That's fifth house. That's that romance, dating, inner child house, so you can focus on how you can inject more free time to do what you love, fun stuff, once the retrograde is over, wanting to enjoy yourself more. Um, Pisces, you can enjoy tasks that challenge your mind, get you thinking and opening yourself up. You can focus on the ways you can be heard and express yourself openly again once the retrograde is over, and you can be clear. Cancer, you can feel more comfortable embracing what makes you unique, being true to yourself, being independent, and trying something new and different. You can think about the ways you can go against the grain and step outside of your comfort zone once the retrograde is over. Aries, the sun can shine a light on the issues you want to address that are slowing you down too much and that are impacting you financially, while Venus tries to bring some positive energy to help you make better decisions and be more flexible, okay? Gemini, because Aries, the sun is coming out of your sign going to Taurus. So that's the slowing down. You done had all this sun that's been shining and activating you, and so... Take advantage of the slowdown energy. Take a look at your finances. That second house is all about finances. It's the Taurus house. So you're getting a real double dose, Aries. Taurus, sun being in Taurus, going through your Taurus house, take advantage. Try to bring some positive energy to help you make better decisions and to be more flexible. You're going to feel real rigid, but let some of that positive light energy in. Gemini, while the sun's in Taurus, you can feel more comfortable in the background. It's going to be in your sign next, Gemini. So you're going through what Taurus is just coming out of, that 12th house transit. You're going to feel more comfortable in the background. Enjoy your time spent alone. You can require extra time to rest and recover, and you can start working on how you're going to get everything back on track once the retrograde is over. So you're dealing with that energy from sun being in Taurus, Gemini. I just got through telling you about that 12th house energy and Mars retrograde feeling real 12th house dish. So Gemini, do what you got to do to rest and recharge. Take care of yourself. Even if you got to do it alone, the energy is conducive for that right now. So there's nothing wrong with you. You just, that's where you at right now. Libra, 
You can enjoy focusing on serious issues, doing research, making transformations, and sharing with others. You can focus on the ways you can learn more about something, change something, or share something once the Mercury retrograde is over and no longer in your way, so to speak. And lastly, Sagittarius, you can enjoy focusing on your work, getting work done, and streamlining your daily life. You can focus on the ways you can be more productive and efficient once the Mercury Retro is over to get more done and make up for lost time. That's sliding right on over to this full moon. Just going to hit some highlights. It's, of course, it's not like any other full moon because it's this full moon. But it's it's got a lot of the same, of course, energy as any other full moon. With this one in particular, it does represent, um, according to Astrology King, an opportunity to rise above fear and prejudice by focusing on our maternal caring and instinctive side, being inclusive instead of separating into groups. Hey, that's just what it is, y'all. You don't have to like it. You don't have to fool with it. But that is what is being energetically and spiritually supported by this full moon in Scorpio. The lunar qualities of emotions and instincts reach their peak at a full moon. We can take an objective and balanced look at our personal relationships. When that full moon light shining on it, you're going to get a real good glimpse and look. That's why that six-month marker I'll be telling you all about on the long term is crucial and important because then you get to look at it from 180 degrees away and see real clear what it is and what it ain't. So a full moon is a similar energy. Um, We'll be in touch with our own needs and intentions and those of others. We can clearly see any relationship balances, uh, imbalances causing disharmony. Um, At the time of this full moon, Saturn is going to be aspecting the lunar nodes, the um, north and the south node, right? And so that, there's no real major aspects to the, the sun and the moon is having to any other planet. And so we we got to take a look um, as astrologers at the aspects that are occurring at the time of the full moon that may not be directly impacting the sun and the moon, but are coloring this particular full moon. Uh, the five retrograde planets occurring for the first time in 10 years that five planets are retrograding that only occurs 4% of the time is also going to be going on uh, around the time of this full moon. Um, there's a crossbow aspect pattern that Astrology King has uh, termed, and, and they say it represents a release of tension, which has been building for some time, okay? This is going to be a powerful, intense full moon for more than just the fact that it's in Scorpio. Um, so that crossbow got Saturn in the middle and then south node on one side, north node on the other side. And that represents, that very pattern represents a complex long-term challenger or conflict, but thankfully it also gives the tools necessary to release the tension and deal with the problem. Uh, One of the other things that Saturn squaring the lunar nodes can indicate uh, is fear of the future based on past conditioning where it's easier uh, uh, to blame another family, tribe, or race than it is to take responsibility. So that's being, you know, called uh, uh, into question or the lights being shown on that. In addition to Saturn squaring those nodes, Jupiter is still squaring Saturn. Saturn's also squaring Jupiter. 
So that's still reinforcing. We had this aspect of the April um, 7th new moon. It's still reinforcing the negativity and a pessimistic belief about a prosperous future, creating inner tension as we face criticism or limiting circumstances. So structures or long-held beliefs may break down, and we could be feeling a bit uncertain about our future. So this full moon is going to be exposing that for us, exposing the fears that we have about the future. We can't hide from it no longer when the light being shown on it. And so progress is going to be made only when we are ready to face to the harsh realities, face the fears that are being exposed here on April 22nd and act responsibly with integrity and good morals. That's what we're being called to do, y'all. You don't have to do it, but that's what's, that's what's going to help you have a good-ass full moon to where you manifest some real high Scorpio stuff that you really want to manifest instead of some low vibrational BS Scorpio stuff, which is no joke and nothing to play with. Um, the the uh, negative energy does find its final release at this full moon uh, or at the moon, the reaction point, um, when you look at the moon specifically uh, in the sun opposite moon aspect, and there's an opportunity to leave the negativity behind and instead express the Saturn square and the nodes energy in a more nurturing and caring way. So through the moon being in Scorpio, we're going to use our intuition impenetrably so our intuition and feeling to realize Scorpio is a water sign cause you, so you're going to throw that emotions on it. That's going to come into question. So we're going to use our intuition and feeling to realize just how, um, so how self-discipline and traditional values uh, are required to overcome fear and intolerance. Saturn ain't so bad you know, uh, when it's given us that stability. It does have an air of tradition on it, but when you can count on something like a Saturn energy, day in and day out, like a cat, you know, one foot in front of the other till it gets up the top of that mountain, it's going to get there. Then, you know, you're able to over, that gives us a certain ability to overcome fear and intolerance. Um, so we're definitely looking also after those less fortunate than ourselves at this time. That's powerful, indi- powerfully indicated by Saturn squaring the nodes. Um, and just staying the same because we fear the future is not just, it's just not going to be an option. Uh, in our favor is the continuing influence of the April 7th new moon that I told y'all had Uranus on it. So a more responsible and stable type of Uranus change is occurring still um, at this Scorpio full moon instead of the chaotic upheaval of the past when Pluto was squaring Uranus. I didn't have time to get into the horoscopes, y'all, for the full moon, but hit hit me up. One-click access to me. I'll shoot it to you for free. I won't give you a full-blown-out report, but I'll shoot you your horoscopes, and we can talk about the rest. It's all good. I'm not about that dime. I'm about loving my people, helping us. Um, and just sharing the the wisdom and knowledge of what you can look up in the sky and see tonight. The moon is white. And I love y'all. Stay connected to my astrology coach and check out the episode information for all the ways to contact me about what you may need astrologically. Love y'all. Peace.